Welcome to Senequa Non News. I'm your anchor, Persona Non Grata. Our card today goes over conservative hypocrisy, capitalism, utopia, and midterm lessons. Conservatives make a big deal out of the hypocrisy of the party of pedophiles. They should evaluate their own. A couple of easy examples. First one is all their advertisers for these so-called cell phone providers that don't donate for abortions and things like that. They donate to conservative causes. Well, incidentally, if you do more than an ounce of research into any of these companies, you know that they have to buy cell time or lease the cell towers from the big three, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. So if you support those guys like Patriot Mobile and Pure Talk, you're supporting AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. And you are given money for the causes that you're against. So that's a huge one right there. Another one is gold. Everyone keeps saying invest in gold. It's a good hedge against inflation. Well, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention recently, but inflation has been going up substantially. And gold, which a few years ago was over $2,000, is now around $1,700. That's not a very good hedge. So they might come back and say it's a long-term hedge. But the other problem with gold is it's a rich person's hedge. Okay, These are guys that can sustain bad times and inflation because they have enough cash on hand. Inflation is a currency issue, and it's always about your short-term liquidity. People who are not wealthy have a lot harder time meeting their obligations when prices increase. So... That's another false one there that's fairly obvious, and that's not just uh, <clears throat> conservatives, that's other people as well. And then also, we have conservatives constantly ridiculing celebrities who take liberal positions. And then they embrace celebrities when they take conservative positions, totally nullifying <laughs> their arguments. Right? Hey, shut up and play basketball, or go back to acting. So they're totally hypocrites on that. And the reason I bring this up is they need to start squaring this stuff because it's really going to be damaging to their credibility. Normally, they have high credibility on their arguments and their stances and opinions. But that goes by the wayside when you're able to poke such humongous holes through some of these advertisers and some of these other positions where they are critically hypocritical. So they really need to fix that up, clean that up, and move forward with clear consciences, which is beginning to look like they don't have such a clear conscience, to tell you the truth. Now I'd like to go over capitalism utopia with you. Was there ever a time in history where we had a capitalism utopia? Well, the closest thing I found is about a decade, really seven years, in the 1870s, where we had GDP growth of 6.8% a year every year for seven years. And prices fell 3% a year every year for seven years. What does that represent? I think it represents the ideal. Because back then, that was before there were any regulations. There were no restrictions. And what happened? We flourished. Now, there was a lot of bankruptcies, a lot of booms and busts. And that led to regulation always 
And if you look at the history of our economy since then, it's never been as good. It's always been as much, if not more volatile. And if you also look at uh, how good the average person is doing, they're doing much worse since then than they were doing then. Back then, if I just held my money, I was gaining 3% a year. I know you can't do that, by the way, but if you could, you'd be gaining 3% a year. It's like getting interest without actually having to put your money in a bank. So that's fantastic. But now we target 2% inflation. That means your purchasing power goes down 2% every year until they decide to print too much money. And now we've got our purchasing power going down by 20%. And that's the beauty of what happened in the 1870s. Without all those restrictions, without the regulations, without the crippling taxes, business flourished. Products came online. Uh, the entire infrastructure was built. And, and the sad part is that it happened then because that was when we were not technologically advanced at all. Most of those gains where they prices fell by 3% a year, that was just infrastructure, so the movement of goods and services was cheaper every year. They could move more goods more cheaply. But if you think of, if we had that in the 70s and 80s, when we had the technology booms, we would have prices falling by 10, 20, 50% or more because that's how rapid technology advanced. Yet the government's policies made sure that, uh, that we wouldn't advance as much because they put in those regulations. They put in everything to stifle business, and uh, that caused prices to moderate a whole lot instead of falling precipitously. That's what they stole from you, okay? And that's what I think we would ultimately like to get back to. And how can we get back to that? Well, we got to realize that. we got to celebrate that and realize what it is for what it is. Right now, they call that decade... The long depression. I don't know how you can look at 6.8% growth every year compounded for seven years and 3% fallen prices compounded for seven years and call that a depression. That is paradise upon paradise upon paradise in, in the economic world. So we got to fix the labeling on that. But it's easy to get to it. You're taking away regulations. You're taking away crippling taxes. And by the way, a lot of, taking away a lot of that stuff, you're going to more than make that back in the tax revenue many times. It's like they say, you drop the, the interest uh, tax rates and you actually collect more taxes because you increase the base upon which those taxes are multiplied against. Okay? It's like, would you rather have 50% of 100 or 25% of 1,000? That's 50 versus 250. All right? Easy enough to understand. But that's how we get there. I'm no economist, but I have spent my life in finance and observing the economy. I had classes in it, but I'm not that by trade. So they can use all the fancy terms they want, but they're wrong about that. They're wrong about that, that being a long depression. That was the greatest lesson in capitalism in history. And that's why I bring it up. You need to know about it. Everyone needs to know about it. They need to know what happened. They need to know that that was the beginning of capitalism. And, of course, we had a lot of bankruptcies. People were doing capitalism for the first time in history. Those would naturally moderate as people became in, uh, more savvy 
when they learn business better, when they learn finances and accounting better, when they learn how to run businesses better and more economically, that would naturally moderate. Instead, they throw up all kinds of regulations and stipulations and taxes and fees that pervert the economy, that cause uh, uh, the inefficient allocation of resources, where capitalism is the most efficient method of allocating resources. So anytime you're distorting that, you're creating a world in which is is worse off. Okay? All right. So let's move on to midterm elections and lessons from that. Well, who won? I think it's safe to say conservatives got a pyrrhic victory. They got the House so they could slow things down. I don't hold out much hope because it doesn't take a whole lot on the flip uh, for for the White House and the Democrats to get their way, but it's more, so it's more of a pyrrhic victory. Uh, when you look at expectations, it was a, a a massive miss. The reason it's a massive miss is so 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 many reasons, but most of which it is that the conservatives will not fight. They will not make their arguments known. They will not get their voices out. The conservative media will simply sit on the sidelines content to sit on the sidelines, try to call things honestly, it, it totally blows my mind. The mainstream media is outwardly liberal, and they call things from their opinions all the time. And the conservative media, which admits that they're conservative, will not call anything conservatively. They're going to sit by passively on the sidelines, trying to say, okay, I'm going to a- analyze this, and I'm not even going to worry about putting the old conservative spin on it. They're not going to attack the opponents during the election. The conservatives themselves won't formulate a strategy. They all run independently. There's no group strategy. I don't know how you could have done that, given this presidency, given the horrible record they have across the board, from foreign policy to the pandemic policy and everything related to that, as well as the tax policy and the monetary policy that we now have crippling inflation that we'd have we're running out of gas i mean come on how can you not win that election you should be able to go into the deepest blue districts in america as a conservative and win that election one of the sad things that i've had sad conclusions that i've had to draw from this is that somehow conservatives can't be retards we have joe biden who beat donald trump Again, I think that might have been stolen, but I also thought that Trump performed poorly in the debates, especially in the first debate, which was the most important one, and, and, and it was so bad that it made the other two debates irrelevant. And then we have Fetterman beating Dr. Oz. Conservatives can't beat retards. I mean, I look at President Joe Biden and Fetterman, and the only phrase that comes to my mind is, The hamster is dead. This blows my mind. Now I'd like to do my imitation of Sam Kinison reacting to the midterms. While I was watching the midterm results, and while I was watching the conservatives lose, it occurred to me that I wouldn't have to live under tyranny if the Republicans would learn how to campaign. It's a pandemic. You get that? It's a fucking pandemic. People died. Millions died. Almost a million died here. They shut us down. They shut down the economy. 
They shut down business. They took our jobs away. They shut down our schools. They gave us a vaccine that didn't work. They funded the lab in Wuhan. They lied about the vaccine that didn't work. They forced vaccines upon us. Tyrannies exist around the world. That's why we created America, assholes. And that's my rendition of Sam Kinison responding to the midterm elections. And now I'm going to move on to Trump's strategy for the presidency in 2024. Recently, Trump came out and he ran some attacks against Ron DeSantis and recently announced that he's running for the president in 2024. Now, some people criticized Trump for attacking DeSantis, uh, looking at the attacks. They weren't that great. But I understand why he did it. And I understand why he announced now. Some people are criticizing him for announcing so early. But let me, allow me to cast a little light on this strategy because, well, the rest of the conservative media are morons. He attacked DeSantis because he's a competitor. He attacked DeSantis because he just won the governorship. What is DeSantis going to do? Is he going to announce for the presidency before he's even sworn in as governor? No, he's not. Trump knows this. He can attack with impunity. Most of these people aren't going to announce until the middle of the year. He's got six months in which he can attack his opponents without rebuke. He's got six months that he can build his already sizable war chest head start on his opponents. That is a huge advantage. In fact, when he announced, I mean, it was almost like checkmate. What are these other people going to do? They're just going to have to take these licks? Now, granted, they can retort and they can respond, but they have to be careful to not say, I'm running for president. They have to be careful about that. And he's just going to suck all, all the air out of the room. He's going to suck all the money out of the donors because a lot of the people that donate for Trump supported DeSantis, support Rubio, support other people. So he's got first dibs on their money, too. So when these people announce, I mean, the well's going to be dry, their reputation's going to be ruined, they won't even get out of, out, of, out of the starting gate. So for all intents and purposes, Trump has already run the primary. And I'm not going to say that's an absolute thing, but practically speaking, it's his to lose now. For sine qua non news, I'm persona non grata. Please spay and neuter your politicians. Good night.